Welcome to the Nature and Science of Work podcast for May 19th, 2022. Thank you for joining us. On this podcast, Ain't No Peaks Without No Valleys, From the Peaks of Productivity to the Depths of Dissatisfaction, A Journey Through the Rugged Landscape of Triple Productivity Peaks. I'm Robert Levine for the Nature and Science of Work podcast. This month's Nature and Science of Work Explore feature and podcast focused on a triple peak workplace activity pattern that has emerged since 2020, among about one third of workers studied. The pattern appears in studies measuring keyboard events, or keystrokes, of workers using such systems such as Microsoft Teams. Does this triple peak pattern of activity reflect a triple peak of work? In the Explore feature, we said that keyboard events are a reasonable proxy for work. Saying these are actual work requires distinguishing between activity, performance, and productivity. Increases and decreases in keyboard events represent changes in activity. In a traditional work activity pattern, activity goes up in the morning, drops at midday, goes back up in the early afternoon, then craters as the afternoon progresses. This pattern is common in knowledge work and physical work. All physical work includes knowledge work. All knowledge work is, despite outward appearances, physical and biological. In the triple peak pattern, activity drops even more at midday than in the traditional pattern, as workers devote time and effort to personally important activities. Work activity then increases in early afternoon compared with traditional patterns, with an added third peak of work activity in the evening. Sounds like all is well. Maybe even better. Or is it? How are these patterns of activity related to productivity and performance? In the workplace, the words performance and productivity often follow the word improving, which represents only a wish. Dissatisfaction created by the striving for that wish, often tanks performance and productivity, and not just to zero, but below. Now, in a similar vein, managers most often refer to productivity in statements like, you've been really productive this week, or we all need to be more productive next week. And, of course, in Jack, uh, I'm concerned about your productivity. Yet gauging productivity without first understanding performance is like assessing the fuel efficiency of a car before even deciding whether you should travel, for what purpose, and whether to reach your intended outcome by car, train, plane, or Zoom. 
you can only describe performance by understanding at depth the most crucial outcomes of performance. Assessing performance should always cause you to identify, define, and revise outcomes. We can only define performance usefully with respect to specific outcomes. There is no universal performance. You can, of course, assess performance without regard to outcomes as a road exercise. And many so-called performance appraisal systems do so. Yet performance means something different from the ratings on a performance appraisal. Especially, it's different from the rating at the end of most appraisals, overall performance. Studies have often shown no relationship, no relationship between managers' ratings of overall performance and objective measures of performance. The way to define performance that matters is to define performance by outcomes that matter, but that performance does not decide. Workers control their own performance, but not the outcomes of performance. Outcomes are beyond your control. Performance moves you toward outcomes, but does not determine them. Outcomes that matter are outcomes that, if done wrong or not attained, will close down the organization. That may not be desirable, but that tells you, without question, you have defined an outcome that matters. Well-chosen performance contributes to the likelihood of attaining well-chosen outcomes and does not impede attaining those outcomes. Dissatisfaction creates negative performance, which does impede attaining outcomes that matter. Performance is not only positive. It is also negative. Performance appraisal forms lie by providing only positive ratings, often from 1 to 10. A sham, optimistic restriction. After all, such forms have no zero and no negative numbers. If you have been in a workplace when people have spent time, work, and resources on destruction, and who hasn't, you know that performance operates not on a scale of 1 through 10, but from 10 down through negative infinity. This kind of performance has many causes. One of the most frequent and clear is dissatisfaction. Efforts to improve performance and productivity frequently cause dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction can then more than destroy wished-for gains in performance and productivity. A final caution, then, is that efforts to increase performance or productivity often increase job dissatisfaction. Job dissatisfaction often reduces performance. The triple peak has the potential advantage of increasing performance by reducing dissatisfaction. 
providing more flexibility for workers to apportion time and effort between their employed work and personal work. If instead the triple peak becomes one more cog or tooth in a performance ratchet, then increased dissatisfaction will result, bringing decreased performance in the shadow of phantom performance peaks. The choices between these paths lie with individual managers, with organizations, and with workers deciding how increased autonomy and performance are compatible. For the Nature and Science of Work podcast, I'm Robert Levine. Thank you for joining us. Keep seeing nature in work and work in nature.